Hey, this is Rodney Gage. I'm the pastor of Rethink Life Church in Orlando, Florida, and this is our podcast. Thank you so much for checking it out today. I hope it encourages and inspires you to live with a new perspective, make better choices, and have a greater impact with your life. Here's today's message. Man, what a great, great season. I'm excited about it. Were you guys ready for today's message? I'm excited. And uh, I want to once again just say welcome to all of those who are, who are watching us today uh, on a line. And we're so honored and grateful that you take the time to connect with us, even though you may be at home for various reasons, or maybe you're away uh, on work or on vacation or whatever. We're just grateful that you are part of our online family. Well, today we're continuing with our series called The Habits of Happiness, and we're in week four uh, of a really a book study that we're doing through the book of Philippians. And so today I want to share with you on ways that we can keep our hearts happy. I don't know about you. But if you're anything like me, uh, that's a little easier said than done. As a matter of fact, it's one of the most difficult things in the world, I believe, that, that perhaps we as Christians deal with on a daily basis. And that is to truly keep our hearts happy because there are so many things in our world today that comes against us. There are so many situations and circumstances that are beyond our control that causes our hearts to spring a leak. What I, what I mean by that, this uh, actually about a week and a half ago, we had uh, an issue that we finally uh, stopped ignoring, stopped neglecting, and I took, we took action. So uh, we called our homeowner's insurance uh, and asked them to send somebody out to check out our hot, hot water heater. Because we had noticed that water was literally like streaming from the, wa the hot water heater uh, down the, um, you know, the floor of our garage, literally all the way out into the driveway. And at first we didn't know if it was just you know, liquid coming from you know, the, the bottom of our vehicles, but we noticed it was happening consistently, but it all seemed to be coming from the hot water heater. So the guy showed up, and when he took a look at it, he goes, oh, and as soon as they do that, you're like, oh, no. Because when the expert comes and he says, oh, I'm, all, I'm just hearing cash register in my head. And so he goes, oh, this is one of those hybrid water heaters. I'm like, what does that mean? And so he said, yeah, he said, uh, he said, I, he said, long story short, there's like an air conditioner unit on top of your hot water heater. He said, I don't deal with those. I'm like, okay. So we call the homeowners insurance people back again, and they said, well, you need an AC person. So they sent an AC person out, and they took a look at it, and he said, we just service air conditioners. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. So the third person comes out, and the guy in five minutes fixes the situation. All he did is he looked around the corner of the hot water heater, and he said, I see the problem. He said, what happened is, he said, you have a little tube that drains 
that catches the condensation, but it's a tube that drains so that from the top of the little, you know, the little compressor on top of the hot water heater, this tube just allows all that liquid to go out. He said the problem is, he said the little tube sprung a leak. And he said because of that, all of the water, the condensation has been dripping out of that tube, going down the hot water heater, going down the floor of your garage. And I'm thinking, well, no wonder all of the wood cabinets are getting destroyed. No wonder the water heater at the bottom is getting rusted because water is coming out from this little tube. It had sprung a leak. And I thought to myself, you know, that is very much a common situation that I deal with in my own personal life because as I stated a few moments ago life happens circumstances happen situations come up that were unexpected and causes my happy heart to spring a leak in other words the happiness begins to go away and the unhappy emotions begin to take over and so the Apostle Paul can relate he's in a prison cell and so here he is Telling somebody else through a written letter, basically it's a thank you note, he's writing a group of Christians, some believers in a place called Philippi, this city there in Greece. And he's writing his fellow believers there in this church that he helped establish. He's writing them this thank you note and he's encouraging them in the Lord while he is in a prison cell which by the way the theme of the whole verse excuse me the whole book of Philippians happens to be the theme of joy and happiness and so if if anybody should have been you know unhappy related to their circumstances if anybody who really had a a reason to be you know lacking if you will joy in their heart it should have been the apostle Paul however he's in a prison cell and he's writing this note to his friends and he's saying, hey, I want to encourage you in the Lord. And I want to encourage you to be joyful regardless of the circumstances that you face in your life. And it blows my mind to know that somebody like him could write a letter encouraging other people to be happy and joyful in Christ Jesus when they themselves were basically waiting to determine their fate as to whether they were going to live or die. And so here is the Apostle Paul, he's writing this letter, and he's basically helping his fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. He's reminding them that the enemy wants to come along, and he wants to cause your heart to spring a leak. He wants to rob you of the happiness and the joy that Christ has come to give you. So he gives them five specific warnings, if you will, or causes for the, the happiness or the joy of our hearts to dissipate. At the same time, he not only points out these issues, these issues, these problems that causes our joy to dissipate, but he also gives the antidote or five specific cures on what we can do to overcome them. And it's all in the book of Philippians, Philippians chapter 2. We're, beginning, we're going to begin with verse 12. We're going to read six verses of scripture from verse 12 through verse 18 in Philippians chapter 2. So if you have your Bible app, you have your Bible, you can open it up and follow along with me. Of course, it'll be on the screen behind me. So let's focus there on verse 12. Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, they're not necessarily obeying, obeying him. He's basically saying, because you've been obedient unto the Lord. Not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence. 
continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. Do everything without grumbling or arguing so that you may become blameless and pure children of God without fault in a warped and crooked generation. Then you will shine among them like stars in the sky as you hold firmly to the word of life. And then I will be able to boast on that day of Christ that I did not run or labor in vain. But even if I am being poured out like a drink offering on the sacrifice and service coming from your faith, I am glad and rejoice with all of you. So you too should be glad and rejoice with me. So if you're taking notes today, I would highly encourage you, or if you have your physical Bible with you, I would highly encourage you to maybe just circle that verse there in verse 13. Because this is really the kind of the, the key verse, if you will, of what we're going to be unpacking today. Because in verse 13, he said, Continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. It's interesting that in all of our lives, especially as followers of Jesus Christ, there's something that we need to understand. And that is that God has a part in our life to play. And we have a part in our lives to play when it comes to fulfilling God's will and purpose. And here's what's interesting. Paul is saying we are to work out our salvation. In other words, we're to work out what God works in. Notice he didn't say we're to work for our salvation because you can't work for your salvation. Salvation is not something that we do for God. Salvation is something that God has already done for us through his son, Jesus Christ. So what Paul is trying to help them understand is that, hey, God's already done his part. Now we got to do our part. We got to work out what God has worked in our own hearts and lives through salvation through the born again experience of putting our faith in Jesus Christ and having the Holy Spirit who lives and dwells inside of us. How many of you ever put together a puzzle before? You put together a puzzle, right? We've all worked on puzzles. It's kind of like a puzzle. You don't create the puzzle. The puzzle's already been created. But what do you do? You basically work out by putting together, if you will, the individual pieces of the puzzle. And how do you work toward putting together the pieces of the puzzle? You follow the picture on the box top. You keep in mind the bigger picture, the grand picture and purpose of what it is you're putting together. It's kind of like a muscle. Now I can tell all of you work out on a consistent basis, right? So we all have been to the gym, right? When you go to the gym and you lift weights or you get on one of these machines, what do you do? You're not creating a muscle that didn't exist, okay? No, what you're doing is you are working out a muscle that God has already given you. And the key is, is for us to work out what God has worked in. We're to work out the physical muscle, and the more we work it out, the more we exercise it, the stronger and more developed it becomes. 
And so the same is true with our salvation. We have to work out. In other words, there are certain things that we must do to grow, to develop, to reach our full redemptive potential. That's on us. We are to work out what God has already worked inside of our hearts. So the reason why it's easy at times for our hearts to spring a leak when it comes to the joy and the happiness that God wants to give us is simply because maybe we're not working out consistently in the ways of God. We're not staying true to his word or applying his truths into our everyday lives. We allow circumstances to suddenly dictate the way we think and the way we feel and ultimately even the choices that we make. And so what Paul is trying to help us understand is this. There are five things that will work against us, and there are five things that we can do to overcome those things. So let's quickly look at them. The first is this, five habits to a happy heart that he teaches us through Philippians chapter 2. And the first is this, we have to remember that God is with us, that God is in me, and that God is for me. So he's with me, he's in me, and he is for me. Now why is that so important? Because Paul is simply saying, one of the things that will rob us, that will steal the joy and the happiness out of our hearts, is when we are overcome by fear. Now, one of the things that I think is obvious is that you cannot be happy and fearful at the same time. You see, if you right now are preoccupied and you're fearful about some things going on in your life, or maybe you're worried about something going on in someone else's life, that you love and care about. It could be sickness, it could be disease. Maybe there's circumstances that you're facing. It could be a job loss, you know, a financial situation. You know, it could be a, a relationship that's, that is on edge right now. Maybe you've just come out of a broken relationship. There could be a lot of factors externally. There could be a lot of things physically, financially. There's all kinds of things that if we're not careful, we can allow fear to overcome our faith. We can suddenly focus and, and we, can, we can magnify those things in our lives that are really beyond our control. But here's the thing we have to understand. That what we focus on expands. So we have to take our focus off of the things that are beyond our control. Because what does that do? That creates fear. It's uncertainty. And Paul is trying to help us to... He's really wanting to help us understand... That the way that you can keep happiness sealed and locked in your heart in spite of what's going on in your world that's beyond your control is to remind yourself and to remember that God is with you, He is in you, and He is for you. I want you to say those three things out loud with me. Repeat after me. God is with me. That's weak. Come on, let's try it again. Come on. Come on, online audience, let's give those some help here that are in the audience today here physically. All right, God is with me. God is, God is for me. Exactly. So here's the thing. We have to remind ourselves of that truth. That's how we hold happiness in our hearts, even though the world can be falling apart around us. In fact, James chapter 1 is a perfect example of doing that as well. As a matter of fact, here's what's interesting. In Philippians 2, verse 13, as we read a few moments ago, he says, Continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. 
That doesn't mean that we're fear and trembling of the circumstances going on around us. No, 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 just the opposite. It is fear and trembling. In other words, there is a reverence, there is a sense of honor and respect of who God is. His holiness, His presence. And so when we have that kind of sensitivity and awareness of God's presence in our lives, that totally changes the game when it comes to our perspective, our attitude, the circumstances going on around us, because we are reminded God is not going to leave us, He's not going to forsake us. He is with me, He is inside of me, and He is for me. In John 14, verses 18 through 20, Jesus said it this way. He said, I will not abandon you as orphans. I will come to you soon. The world will no longer see me. He says, I'm sorry. He said, I will come to you. He said, soon the world will no longer see me, but you will see me. Since I live, you also will live. When I am raised to life again, you will know that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. And in Romans 8, 31, Paul said it this way. Hey, if God is for us, then who in the world can be against us? So what he's saying He is reminding us that one of the keys to overcoming fear, worry, uncertainty, doubt in our lives, which causes our hearts to spring a leak of joy and happiness, we have to remind ourselves that God is with us, He is in us, and He is for us. Number two, we have to be grateful and never grumble. All right, we're in church, so nobody lie. How many of you complained about how cold it was this morning? I did. Man, I don't like cold weather. And not only was it cold, but I got an early morning phone call from our team and said, Pastor Rodney, um, got bad news. So here's how the day got started for us as a church this morning. The bad news is, is that our box truck that has all of our belongings and equipment is stranded on the side of the road. So the team is calling to say, hey, just giving you a heads up. (laughs) I'm like, well, thanks for the word of encouragement this morning. And I'll be honest, I was starting to mumble and grumble and I won't say anything else because I'm in church today. And I'm your pastor. So I'm supposed to lead by example. But I had a hard time because I was allowing the enemy to rob me for what God is doing right here, right now in this moment. I was allowing the enemy to sabotage my mood because I was thinking about all the things, the circumstances that could have gone wrong. And so here is what. Paul the Apostle is trying to help us understand. Again, remember, this dude is in a prison cell. And here's what he said in verses 14 and 15. He said, do everything without complaining and arguing so that no one can criticize you. (laughs) How many of you are parents? You ought to put that on your refrigerator door so your kids see it. Amen? How many of you are school teachers? We're getting school teachers here today. You ought to put that on the chalkboard. <laughs> that, that's probably one verse of scripture the principal will, will approve. <laughs> Do everything without complaining and arguing. They'll probably say, uh, yeah, we like that verse. Here's the thing. At the end of the day, 
It is impossible. Impossible. Without question, that's probably the single most challenging, most difficult verse of Scripture in the entire Bible. And I have failed miserably at that and probably do so on a daily basis. And what happens, if we're not careful, is that we can allow, once again, things to dictate our mood, our emotions. And if we're not careful, we can act on those emotions negatively. Because if we're thinking negative thoughts, what does it do? It influences negative emotions. So when we're thinking negatively and we're feeling negatively, we're just going to act out in negative ways. And so as a result, Paul is trying to help us understand, if you want to keep joy in your heart, if you want to be happy, regardless of what's going on, do everything without complaining and arguing. And here's the key, so that no one else can criticize us. What does that mean? So that we can be witnesses, testimony in the heat of the trial, whatever is going on, people can say, you know, it's amazing how they always remain calm and composed. They just are always at peace. There's just something about them. They don't seem to react and go off like everybody else does. And that's what God desires. He wants us to rise above the circumstances. And one of the best ways to do that, to keep happiness in our hearts, is to avoid complaining and arguing. Because here's the thing. We all know that any time we're around somebody who's negative, who's griping or complaining and, you know, just... It's just, it's just, they just can create this atmosphere where they just bring everything and everybody down. And here's what the scripture says in 1 Thessalonians 5, 18. Again, it's the Apostle Paul and he's saying these words. He said, be thankful in all circumstances. Not for all circumstances. There's a lot of things that we should not be thankful for. So don't misunderstand what he's saying. I'm not thankful for war. I'm not thankful for disease. I'm not thankful for hardships and sickness. I'm not thankful for crime and sin and, you know, all of the stuff that we see. I'm not thankful for that. I'm not praising God for those things. He's saying, no, in all circumstances. What is he saying? For this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. People ask all the time, how do I know God's will for my life? says it right there. Be thankful in all things. If you want to know the will of God for your life, he says start right there. Just be thankful in all things, in all circumstances. Why is that important? Because you're going to go through seasons of testing. You may be going through a season of testing right now, financially, with your health, maybe in a relationship, a job situation. You know, we were tested this morning, you know, with the, the challenges logistically, being in a portable church. I mean, you know, we're always being tested, right? But there's a purpose behind the test. And God wants to take our test and the seasons of testing and turn them into a testimony if we'll let him. And so God wants to help us. And that's the working out part that he's already worked in. But it's the working out our salvation. It's being thankful in all circumstances. Why? So that we can leverage the pain that maybe we've endured and turn it into a platform that God wants to use to bring glory to himself and to point more and more people to Jesus Christ. Aren't you thankful that we serve a God who can take our scars and turn them into stars? Because that's exactly what God is saying. In Philippians 2, Excuse me, let me, let me go to point three here. Here's point three. 
And that is keep my conscience clear. So the first thing is, is that we have to remember that God is with us, He's in us, and He's for us. Secondly, be grateful and never grumble. Number three, keep our conscience clear. In other words, there's nothing that will rob us from the joy and the happiness in our hearts and lives, more so perhaps than feelings of guilt or shame. And so if we feel guilt because of something that we've done in the past, or we feel ashamed because of circumstances that have happened to us, maybe what's happened is we have internalized those things and we have believed that we are those things. In other words, the lie the enemy wants us to believe is that you are what you've done. You are your past. Once again, God wants to take our scars and turn them into stars if we'll let him. And the only way we can do that is by receiving forgiveness. Listen, there is no condemnation in our lives through Christ Jesus our Lord, according to Romans 8. So therefore, the only way that we can keep our hearts from losing the joy and the happiness that God wants to give us is to remind ourselves... What Philippians 2 verse 15 says, and that is to live clean and innocent lives as children of God. Shining, that's the star part, the shining like bright lights in a world full of crooked and perverse people. So listen, God wants us to confess our sins. There are sins of omission. Those are the things that we could have done and should have done that we've chosen not to do. And there are sins of commission. Those are the things that we have willfully and outright done knowing that they are not God's will. And God is saying that if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of those sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Aren't you thankful as believers in Jesus Christ who know Christ, when God sees you, he doesn't see your sin. You know what he sees? He sees the righteousness of his son, Jesus Christ. And that simply gives us the freedom. It gives us the joy in our hearts knowing that we serve a God who's a God of second chances. Listen, his grace and his mercy, as David says, follows me all the days of my life. You cannot escape. You can't run or can't hide from God's goodness and his mercies. God's mercies are fresh and new each and every day. And every day we ought to wake up and say, God, give me a pure, clean heart. Today I want to be innocent in your eyes and walk blamelessly so that my life can shine like the beautiful stars of heaven. Amen? That's God's plan. That's what he wants. That's how we can keep joy in our hearts. Number four, and this is so important, we have to memorize scripture and live it out. So one of the most important things that we can do to keep joy in our hearts is to remind ourselves consistently of the truth of God's word. How many of you remember the series we did last year? This is crazy that we actually, it seems like it was yesterday, we actually did a series this past year, last calendar year, and it was called Rethink Your Bible. You remember that? One of the things that we learned about Rethink Your Bible is we learned the importance of memorizing scripture, and we learned a lot of different things about the Bible, and 
We learned the importance about hearing, you know, the Bible. We learned the importance about reading our Bible. We learned the importance about studying our Bible. Remember the difference between studying your Bible and reading your Bible? Studying is when you actually write down what you're learning. And so we study the Bible. We, we memorize the Bible. We meditate upon the Bible. And then we apply the Bible. But here's the problem. The problem is, is that most people only get to the hearing part. So that simply means that if the only Bible you get is on what you hear on Sunday mornings from me, well, studies already show that within the next 72 hours, you will forget up to 95% of everything I've just said. So that makes me real joyful and happy. Knowing there's just a fraction of something that I said that you're going to remember. However, if you go from just hearing it to actually reading it, to actually studying it, to actually memorizing it and meditating on it and applying, guess what? Now you have a firm grip on the truth of God's Word. And that's the reason why we've got to hide the Word of God in our hearts. We've got to commit it to memory because there are going to be situations and times in your life where you're not going to have your Bible. You're not going to have your cell phone to be able to pull out your Bible app. You may be in a conversation at lunch with a coworker. You may be in a conversation that God just puts you in a divine appointment with somebody and guess what? That is where you need God's revelation hidden in your heart and having it in your mind so you can speak freely and boldly and confidently God's truth. And or when you're in a compromising point of temptation in your life. And listen, when you're alone, when you feel weak and vulnerable, or maybe when you're around other people and the peer pressure is coming against you and the pressure is to conform and go along with what other people are saying or what other people are doing. Listen, it's easy if we're not careful to just go with the flow. But God wants us to understand that the only way that we can overcome all of that is by reminding ourselves that God is with me, He is in me, He is for me, and no weapon that is formed against me will prosper because I am an overcomer because of the blood of the Lamb and the word of my testimony. If God is for me, who in the world can be against me? I am a more than conqueror in Christ Jesus. I'm going to overcome the lies that the enemy is trying to put inside my heart. So that's how we've got to do the Bible daily. And the only way we can do that is by committing it to memory. I love what Psalm 119 verse 16 said. It says, David says, I will delight in your decrees and not forget your word. Remember, what you focus on expands. So when we focus on the word of God... It expands in our minds and in our hearts. Because the word of God, his truth, becomes bigger. And the circumstances and the challenges of this world become smaller. Because of God's power. Psalm 119 verse 35 says it this way. Make me walk along the path of your commands. For that is where my happiness is found. I love that. Number five. Use my life to serve God. By serving others. So if we want to keep happiness in our hearts, how do we do it? Well, one of the ways 
is by leveraging what God has already given to us. To honor him, to serve him, to advance his purposes. I love what, one of my favorite quotes of all time is Winston, Winston Churchill's quote. And you probably have heard it, it says, you make a living by what you get, but you make a life by what you give. What an incredible reminder that unfortunately for a lot of people we spend so much energy and time and money on the things of this world, the temporary things. But what about those things that are going to last forever? What about the eternal things that God wants us with this one and only life that he's given to us? God wants us to take our time, our treasure, our talents. God wants us to use this life here and now in this world. He wants to use it so that we can make the greatest impact possible. We're going to spend more time on that side of heaven than on this side of heaven. So if we're going to spend all eternity in heaven as believers, the best thing we can do is begin now preparing for what's going to last forever. Because we can't take everything here with us to heaven. You'll never see a hearse pulling a U-Haul trailer on its way to the cemetery. We leave everything behind. The only thing that's going to last are the souls of men and women and teenagers and boys and girls. And that's the reason why our lives as believers are so important that we not waste our lives, but we spend our lives and we live our lives intentionally so that we can make the greatest impact that we possibly can so that more and more people will come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Guys, that's why we do church. That's why we exist. It's the reason why the team that got up this morning to hook up the trailer who helped unload these rose cases. You know what they're doing? They're storing up treasures in heaven. That is what they're doing. What they are doing is far more important and valuable than anything on this planet Earth. You know why? Because they are doing what I read in my own devotional this morning in 1 Corinthians is that we are doing the work. We are to abound in the work of the Lord Jesus Christ. They are abounding. Those that are serving in our production. I'm looking at Hank right now who is literally who is a volunteer got up this morning you know why he didn't come to work he came to store up treasures in heaven by giving his time and his talent because he's saying God you've given me this how can I use it to make a difference for you I think about Emery who's in the back who's talking to the people right now that are watching online having conversations communicating She's typing in scripture verses. I'm thinking about the team that was up here today, who got here today because they understand that God's given them a gift and they're using it to bring honor and glory to the Lord. I'm thinking about the life kids right now who are sowing, who are investing, who are pouring into the truth of God's word, into the young, tender, impressionable hearts of the next generation because they believe in the next generation. And they, they, they want to see the next generation be raised up to be a mighty army that will take 
back what the enemy has tried to take. Listen, I praise God for the dream team of people who each and every week go above and beyond. You know why? Because they get it. They understand that their purpose for here in this world is to store up treasures in heaven and to make the greatest impact of their lives as they possibly can. So I'm here to tell you, you want to bring joy to your life? Hey, you want to see your heart grow happier and happier? Take the focus off of yourself and put it on the kingdom of God and put it on people's lives and watch what God will do. He'll give you a joy that this world cannot give you because happiness is fleeting. It comes and it goes. But there is a joy that Jesus gives you that cannot be explained. And that's why Paul said this while he's in a prison cell. He said in verses 17 and 18, he said, but I will rejoice even if I lose my life pouring it out like a liquid offering to God just like your faithful service is an offering to God and I want all of you to share that joy yes you should rejoice and I will share your joy what an incredible incredible reminder can I just encourage you today that if you find that your heart has sprung a leak, <laughs> the joy, the happiness is leaked out, it's evaporated, you've allowed the circumstances of this life and circumstances of your current challenges that maybe you're going through right now to rob you of the joy. Christ has come to give you. Think about what Paul's reminded us today. Think about the lies the enemy wants to use. And think about the truth of God's word. And think about what Paul taught us today. These five things. That if we would just apply them, put them into practice, if we would take focus off of ourselves, put our focus on others, put our focus on Him, what we focus on expands. When we start living our lives, and we start looking intentionally for ways that we can give our life away, that's where real joy and happiness comes from. It's not by what we get, it's by what we give so thankful for those who give financially, those who give above and beyond, for those who give of their time, those who use their talents. But God wants us to do that wherever we are. It's not just limited to what we do on Sundays. He wants us to do it out there in the marketplace. He wants us to do it out there in our schools. He wants us to do it out there in the neighborhood. Why? Because that's what God has called us to do. This is the pep rally. This is the place where we come. And we get our batteries charged or recharged. This is the rah-rah where we go out into the real world and we do real ministry and we make a real impact for the glory of God so that those that we reach and those that we influence, we can, in listen, we can invite them to come. We can invite them to see. We can invite them to hear. We can invite them to experience what God has done in our hearts so that they too can experience that same joy as they go back and they begin to reproduce what God has done in their own lives. That's God's plan. And I want to invite you today to get on God's plan. 
Let's bow our heads together in our hearts in prayer. And even those that are watching us right now online, just join with us in prayer wherever you are. As our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed for just a moment, let me just say that if you're a follower of Jesus and you know him as your Savior today, that maybe you have found that your heart has sprung a leak from the joy and the happiness that Christ has come to give you. Ask yourself today, what's caused it? Is it fear? Is it worry? Have you been negative, griping, complaining, arguing, bickering, grumbling about stuff? Are you overwhelmed by guilt, shame? Have you allowed the enemy get inside of your heart if you believe the lies that the enemy wants you to believe about your past about the choices that you've made whatever it is today maybe you just need to confess you need to exhale that just simply means to confess your sins we need to inhale it simply means just to receive the forgiveness, the grace, the mercy, the cleansing that Christ has made available to you. Some of you here today, and those of you that are watching perhaps are unclear, you're uncertain about whether or not you really have a genuine relationship with Jesus Christ. Maybe in your heart you just feel like, you know what, I don't know that my heart has really ever sprung a leak. I just feel like there's just been something missing most of my life. Maybe you've tried religion, you've tried other things, you've tried working for your salvation, but nothing has worked. And you're still empty, you're still at a place where you just feel as though that God is a million miles away. Well, I just want to remind you today that he's closer than he's, than he's ever been because chances are, if you're listening, if you're paying attention, he's knocking at the door of your heart. And that still small voice, that gentle whisper is the Holy Spirit saying, let me in, let me in. And if that's your need today, would you be willing to open up the door of your heart and invite Jesus Christ to be your Lord and Savior? can pray this prayer with me, even online. Just pray this prayer with me in your heart. Say, dear God, I confess to you that I'm a sinner and I turn from my sin. And today I believe that you died on a cross and you arose again. And today by faith, I invite you into my life to forgive me and to save me and to change me. Thank you, Jesus, for saving my soul. If you happen to have prayed that prayer just then, would you let me know all over this place by just simply holding up your hand high, just saying, yes, count me in. I just prayed that prayer and I shame to admit it today. Just hold it high in the air and say, yes, count me in. That's awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Anybody else? Wonderful over here. Thank you. I see your hand. Father, we thank you for these that lifted their hands. Even those that may be watching that prayed that prayer, Lord, we just thank you. That God, when we come close to you, Lord, you've promised that you will come close to us. So, Lord, we acknowledge your presence. Thank you, God, for changed hearts and changed lives. Thank you, Father, that 
Lord, as we remain in you and you remain in us, our joy can be made complete. We thank you for that. For we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Come on, let's give God a little shout of praise today. Can we do that? Well, thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, be sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. And if you like what you're hearing, it would mean a great deal to us if you would consider rating it and even sharing it with your friends. You can click on the share button, take a screenshot, and share it on your social stories. And be sure to tag us at Rethink Life Church. To learn more about our church, check out RethinkLife.com. Until next time, hey, we love you and believe the best is yet to come in your life.